You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Hi church, welcome to the place that I often sit and think and pray for you. I'm delighted that you can join me here this morning. Thank you for joining us. And uh, a huge thank you to the team that have worked 24-7 to make this possible. Church is not stopping. It may just look differently for a while. We have to be so careful with the language that we use. We're not socially distancing. We're physically distancing ourselves to slow the spread of this virus in accordance with government guidelines. These guidelines aren't there to frustrate us, but to keep us safe. So actually, may this be an opportunity and a time socially for us to connect our hearts and minds more than ever before. Let me just read to you from Hebrews 10 and verse 23. It says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. All of our small groups are now meeting online. If you're not in a small group, you are warmly invited to join one. These community hubs are going to be crucial for us in this next chapter of our journey together. Let us not neglect meeting together. This is a time of physical distancing, not social distancing. So we need to be creative and resourceful to make this work. We're in this together. I have many memories in my life of significant moments, both positive and negative. This moment in our lives, in our shared history as a community, all that is currently happening, not just locally, but nationally and globally, is a defining moment. Despite the many challenges we face and the depth of unease surrounding not only the media coverage, but also the painful reality we see unfolding before us, this is a moment for us to unite as the church, not based around a building, but based around a person based around Jesus and his mission and mandate for us as a church community. It might look different for a season, but we're not stopping or relenting. In fact, we will be forever changed. This will redefine a new normal for us as individuals and us as a church. We're looking to embrace these changes and allow God to work among us in bringing good things in a way that only he can. I want to try and do two things today. I want to talk about the place that we find ourselves now and to consider some of the many questions that it's throwing up for us and also to reflect on the defining moment we believe we find ourselves in and how we might not only just navigate it but step into it and harness it. It is a time and in times like this that, that much fear circulates Many people have opinions and many views are circulated online in new blogs and posts and shares and all sorts. And they're not always accurate and they can often distort our understanding of reality. There is no doubt this is a difficult time. 
There is no doubt that this is something none of us will have experienced before and perhaps have only read about, but we would do well to focus on the facts. We would do well to heed the caution and advice of our government and take seriously our social responsibility. Our love for one another should cause us to want to take physical distancing seriously. We need to be aware that our physical interactions with others could inadvertently spread this virus, the consequences of which are potentially very serious. My love for you and my love for others would caution me, therefore, to significantly restrict my movements and physical interactions. There's a cost to that. There is a cost to not seeing or having family stay or friends come and visit. There is a cost to not seeing you physically. For us to not meet as a church in person is a huge cost. But our love for each other should cause us to take this seriously. This week, Ed Stetzer, an author and pastor that I often read some of his writings, he said this, he said, my hope at the end of all this is that people would say we overreacted because overreaction means that we won and did our part to save lives. How true should that be? We don't want to look back on this time and think, if only... If only we'd done more, if only we'd been more responsible, been more compliant with government guidelines. This is, all of this does sound so and feel so surreal, like a bad dream that surely we will wake up from at some point. There's so much to process and grieve. For me personally, for us as a family, this has been a challenging year so far. I was significantly unwell, and as a result, Steph and I were away from you for nearly two months at the start of the year. Now we face all of this. We had hopes and dreams and desires for the church to see so many of you released and equipped into new things. We were hopeful and expectant for 2020. So far, things look very differently. We grieve, not only that, but not being able to see you in person. But we also realise that for many of you, this feels like an unfolding nightmare. Many of you are already seeing financial implications. Some of you have already lost your jobs. Some of you have had to walk through the painful process already of making others redundant. Some of you have lost holidays. Some of you have been trapped in other countries and tried to navigate a way back. Some of you have had to adapt to new rhythms of working and feeling incredibly trapped and isolated in it. Some of you have faced challenges sourcing key provisions that were previously not in short supply. Some of you are struggling to parent at home and some of you are struggling to single parent at home with no end in sight. Some of you were already battling with fear and anxiety and now this. There is no doubt this is a challenging chapter for us all and some of us are feeling that pinch much sooner than others. Now I'm not trying to cause us to feel deflated but today I want to try and help us be grounded and prepared for what's ahead. Fear will consume us if we allow it to so we need to identify the fear and to face the facts. We're living in a new reality and we need to quickly adapt and respond to it. 
throughout church history. Many church leaders have led people through times like this. Charles Spurgeon, a Baptist preacher in the 1800s, he observed how before him the Puritan ministers had led their people through the Great Plague of London in 1665. He observed much and learnt much of how they cared for the sick and the dying. And then in 1854, he himself was faced with living through a major cholera outbreak. He shared a number of reflections that I think we would do well to learn from. Firstly, he said this, during that epidemic of cholera, though I had many engagements in the country, I gave them up that I might remain in London to visit the sick and the dying. I felt that it was my duty to be on the spot in such a time of disease and death and sorrow. He prioritised local people with local needs and he did what he could. Dear Church, in this time we have a moment and an opportunity to love and to serve our city, to reach our neighbours on our roads and streets like we never have before. You know, on our website, You'll find a number of resources that we've created to help you do that, some of them digital that you can share online. We've also printed numerous packs of them that we could get to you. We would encourage you to reach into the lives of others. People will remember who helped them in times like this. Can we go a bit further? Could we encourage you to, who do you know who's on the front line giving everything to the NHS? Spur them on, let them know you're praying for them and supporting them. Email your MP, let them know that you're praying for them. Email your, the, the teachers at the, the school that your kids go to, let them know that you're praying for them and their staff, who could you cheer on? Who could you support? How can you find practical ways to stand alongside some of these key workers? This city is not just our city, it's our home. These are our people and we can love them and show them love in ways that we only previously could imagine or dream of. We have to be we have this opening at the minute to love others and prioritise local people and local needs. We obviously have got to be creative and do that in ways that are wise and adhere to the government's advice and keep a distance from others. But this is a remarkable opportunity. The second thing Spurgeon did was he kept meeting, but he adjusted his meetings. There is no doubt it was hard for them then, and it is for us now. This is changing how we relate and how we interact. But equally, he said this. He said, if ever there be a time where the mind is sensitive, it is when death is aboard. I recollect when I first came to London how anxious people listened to the gospel for the cholera outbreak was raging terribly. There was little scoffing then. You know, in these last few weeks, I've seen people scramble for things that might reassure them. The psychologists are saying that's why we see people buy in bulk and buy big things in bulk, like toilet rolls and bottles of water. Somehow, buying something big and tangible gives them a sense of control and stability. Honestly, at times, maybe with some of that, some of the media reporting, I dare say, hasn't helped, but I think there's truth in it. People currently are feeling unanchored. People are feeling fearful and anxious and uncertain. They're grappling for ways to steady themselves. In these times, in these times of crisis, 
the gospel has always had a huge opportunity to advance, where people have built their hope and created idols on material and financial and political and relational stability. They now find that that hope is crumbling around them and they're left scrambling for a new reality. In these moments, we should be ready, pointing to a light in the darkness. We've changed how we're meeting, but we're still meeting. We're meeting online. We're people that are meeting needs. We're meeting people's needs with hope and reassurance. We have an opportunity to, to expose our world to what we do week in, week out, and to invite them to try church. They don't even need to leave their homes. Well, they, they currently shouldn't be anyway. But we have the potential to share the gospel with them right into their living rooms if we just invite them. We need to be ready for the continual changes that we'll face in the coming days and the new and varying opportunities that we will have. What we do now matters. How we live now matters. A scared world needs a fearless church. The world will watch how we act and how we respond to this season. Let me just read from 2 Corinthians 4, and we've mentioned this to you before. But it says this in verse 17, For our present troubles are small and won't last long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. This will not last forever, even though I know for some of us it may currently feel and seem like it, but we don't focus on the troubles. We focus on Jesus and we point those around us to the one thing that will last forever. This is not all there is. When the things of life are being stripped back, as for many they now are, we can come to the realisation of what and who really matters, and it's Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. The third thing that Spurgeon did was he cared for the sick. This is a moment for us as a church to love and serve each other like never before, but also to extend that to our worlds and to our environments around us and further. I'll share a bit more about how we plan to do that and some of the things we're trying to encourage in this season later on. But the fourth thing that Charles Spurgeon did was he opened himself up to new faith-sharing opportunities. You know, my... One of my many reflections on the Manchester bomb back in May 2017 was that there was a window of opportunity and the windows changed rapidly from one thing to another. At first it was grief, then it was fear, then it was anger. At each change in the feel in the city, the reaction we gave needed to change and how we responded needed to change. I feel we're in a similar time now. Last week I could chat openly in the supermarket about Jesus with anybody. Fear and uncertainty were on the rise and people were open to conversations and were looking for a hope to hold on to. This week has been different as people's reactions have turned to frustration with others panic buying and acting selfishly. 
also trying to have a conversation with somebody and also maintain a two meter distance obviously presents challenges. However, we can still extend kindness and words of truth and hope despite the commitment to physical distancing. With our neighbours who we'd normally see on the street or outside or pop round for a cuppa, how do we relate? How might that look differently now? We need to find ways to keep meeting. Doorstep drops of provision, FaceTime calls, handwritten notes and so on. People will remember who reached out to them in times like this. This is a time for us all to collectively consider how we approach our interactions with others. I've been trying to sow seeds of truth, of the, the truth of Jesus into people's lives ever since we moved to the city. They know who I am and they've seen how I've acted. Now I want to keep loving and acting, but to turn that conversation much more actively to Jesus. When they're flat and down, I wanna find ways to say, there's more to life than this. I'm so glad I've got Jesus in my life. Can I tell you about him? I found remarkable opportunities and openness. In times like this, we are strangely all united in uncertainty. We can seize opportunities like never before with those we know and those we've only just met. I see troubled, fearful faces. And I often say to people and have said to people in these last few weeks, it's crazy times, isn't it? And their response in these last few days has largely been around fear and disappointment. In that moment, we can jump in with understanding, but then something along the lines of, you know, at times like this, I'm so grateful to know there's more to life than this. They've often, I've seen in them then a choice to engage or not. Many have asked questions about what I mean and it's allowed me to expand. Let's step into these new faith sharing opportunities that we have. Our demonstration of the kingdom of God, our demonstration of his love and kindness and preferring and serving others leads to proclamation. We do something that opens a door of opportunity for us to say something. We act in love and people wonder why. Honestly, in this season, we do well not only to seize the opportunities, but to create the opportunities for proclamation, to relevantly share the truth of who Jesus is and the difference he makes, taking advantage of any opportunities we might have to share the gospel. And then finally, Spurgeon entrusted his life to God. As Spurgeon gave himself to extending the kingdom of God, he soon grew physically and mentally exhausted. He also began to fear for his own safety. Amid his fears, though, he learned to entrust himself to God and to his faithfulness. You know, we'd encourage you to find a rhythm of discipleship. We're all going to do all that we can to help with that. We'll try and do the Lord's Supper together. We'll launch online prayer gatherings this coming Tuesday. We plan to do a live um, Facebook live gathering to pray together. We'll continue to develop kids and youth gatherings and resources online and much more. We're hatching plans and you'll be part of helping us to do that. But on a personal level, we really encourage you to carve out spiritual rhythms, prayer, fasting, reading the Bible. Let's use this season in our lives to press into Jesus with a hunger and a desperation that prepares our hearts and minds to be abandoned in obedience to all that he has for us. This is no easy time. 
There may be many physical and emotional challenges. You may have fears and anxieties, but we entrust our lives to God. He is good all of the time and nothing is wasted in him. Psalm 23 verse 4 says this, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Certainly, I would say by looking at church history, by reflecting on wise advice from somebody and people like Charles Spurgeon, our role is not to simply copy all that was done before. This coronavirus outbreak presents unique challenges that previous generations didn't face in the same way. But we need to exercise wisdom appropriate to our current day. But the core of our ministry remains the same, to love Jesus and to love Manchester. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 says this, it says, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favourable or not. We believe we have before us an Acts 2 moment. We have an opportunity to be church in a way we've seen glimpses of, but we've longed for more. We have an opportunity to see people's eyes opened through demonstration and proclamation. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. Let me just read it to us. It says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We have so many opportunities. Let's step into them. We have a few teachers in Manchester Vineyard and in relation to the schools closing this week, one of them said this to me, so many of our kids are vulnerable. As teachers, we're often the only ones who know if they've had breakfast, if their bruises are fresh, if they've showered, it terrifies me that no one will be looking out for them. My hope would be, if the schools do close, that staff will be able to check in on the kids, deliver lunches and free school meals and so on. Now, whilst we're not able to physically gather on a Sunday, and while we're no longer required to pay for the use of the school building, which we usually meet in, which in itself actually is a remarkably helpful thing in allowing us to redirect funds to other more pressing needs in this time. We felt prompted, though, to give them a gift of over 15% of our usual rent for the period we're not able to meet there. We've asked them to use it to love and to serve and to feed the kids in that area at this time. Over 50% in the children in that area live in poverty and we long to step out in generosity to help meet practical needs. We're also building teams who will work without having physical contact 
contact with one another, but to harness the potential of the van for a time like this. We'll be collecting provisions from your doorstep so you don't need to bring them to a central meeting point like normal. Whatever you can collect, non-perishable food items and essential toiletries, household supplies and so on, that we'll give away. We'll send the van to collect it, sort it, distribute it and then give it to the most needy in this time. We realise supplies are low and we're not in any way encouraging stockpiling, but where we can and where it's sensible, we want to buy for others. In a time when we're seeing the bunker mentality, when people are grabbing what they can for themselves, we want to buy wisely an extra few things to constantly keep giving away to others. We're currently working with local food banks. We also have many other networks and contacts that at times like this, they're asking for extra support. We're li liaising with local neighbourhood officers and children's centres, and they're also asking us for support. We also intend to use some of the supplies we gather to support you in supporting your neighbours. We intend to create packs to give away and we'll be in touch with more details soon about how we're planning to do that. But to do this, we need your help. We also intend to use the van to serve, to serve those members of Manchester Vineyard that we already know and in the coming days there'll be more who are in isolation and where necessary we intend to use the van to get the right stuff that we've collected from others in the church essential food and supplies to you we know some of you already this time is proving to be a real challenge and we need to step in to help each other we know for some of you the physical isolation is leading to social isolation and so as well as small groups we're creating online chats, virtual catch-ups and coffees for those who would value another point of contact. There is no limit to the amount we can interact with each other online and in video calls. I dare say there'd even be ways of doing things like online board game nights and stuff like that. Wherever there's a will there's going to be a way. As I mentioned at the start though, there were already signs of some real challenges for a number of you. The reality of all of this that we're facing could bite and could bite quite hard. We would like to be as ready as we can be as a church to serve each other in a much greater way. In Acts 2, it said all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. It is tempting, especially with money, to cut ourselves off from one another, concerning ourselves only with our own interests and only enjoying our little piece of the world. But as part of God's spiritual family, it's our responsibility to help one another in every and any way possible. God's family works best when the members work together. Back in February, we intended to give the vision talk for this year. We couldn't do it as, we'd, as I'd been too and well. But as part of it, our intention was to take an offering to give away. We knew that would be a huge step of faith as only the year before we'd taken the offering for the building and you gave with phenomenal generosity. We still need a lot of money for the 422 project. But our intention was to say that whilst we still need money for the things that we are as a church investing in and hoping to grow, let's give away an offering as an act of generosity and leave our needs to the Lord. 
Well, whilst we didn't do that vision talk, we do find ourselves currently in need of two things. Firstly, we long to be able to support each other. As some of you come under extra strain and challenges, we want to try and be there as a church. And then secondly, this isn't just a local challenge. This is a national and international one. And we're connected as a church in a number of places, Albania, India, Kenya, Austria, and so on. And we want to be able to support them. Stephen, Ruth, Courtney facilitate multiple projects in Albania and have done for many years. They say that currently requests for help have been flooding in. In the best of times, food and for, for many in, in those families in Albania is scarce. Hospital care is sparse, is badly equipped and costly, and drugs are very expensive. Even things like paracetamol are incredibly expensive. These are frightening times for the people they're supporting and serving there. We also want to give and to support our church family in India, who say the panic of this virus is, virus is just beginning to creep in. When this hits families in extreme poverty, this will have a devastating impact on whole communities and in one of the poorest areas which they they're in they're they're far from equipped to deal with a crisis like this and we want to be able to support them in kenya this is a deeply challenging time eddie who many of you will know as he was with us last november is facing some remarkable challenges with a vineyard church he leads there i don't want to share too much in, in, in a setting like this, but we're seeking to do all that we can because of some of the challenges he's facing. We want to support him and the church there in this time. And then in Austria, we're supporting a new vineyard church plan. They were hoping to launch Sundays today, but now the whole country is in complete lockdown and they're in a fragile stage, scrambling to move relationships online and rapidly trying to support local people. Next Sunday, Sunday the 29th of March, we'd like to take an Acts 2 offering to help. Church, will you join us? We're not asking for ongoing pledges as we have before. This is a one-off offering to help us to be church to each other and to serve some of those wider needs in this particular crisis. We're called to be people who share what we have, to share our money with those in need and to throw ourselves into God's economy and to trust him to look after our own needs. We'd ask that if you join us in doing this, you do it as a gift on top of your normal tithes and offerings. You can give via our website, you can give us a bank transfer if you use the, the reference Acts 2, it would help us keep track of it. Steph and I don't know the details of what you give, we just know whether or not you will have given. Please don't think we're checking amounts, we're not, we leave all of that to the finance team to process money. You, but you can go onto our website www.mvuk.org forward slash Acts 2 to find all of the details of what I've just shared. We would encourage you to give as the Lord prompts you and in accordance with the resources he's blessed you with. We want to be a people who give sacrificially but also freely. We serve a radically generous God who calls us to be a generous people. We give as an act of worship, not out of obligation or guilt, but as an overflow of our hearts. You know, in Luke 12, 
12, verse 45, Jesus tells us that when someone has been given much, much is required in return. Often God invites us to let go of the things we put our trust in and, and instead trust him to provide for our needs in out of the ordinary ways. In our experience for Steph and I, over and over and over again, he has been so faithful to provide for us when we've made sacrifices to further the work of his church and extend his love to the world. A portion of what will be given is going to be sent to the four partners I mentioned a moment ago. We hope that from what is given, we'll also have a fund that will help us support some of you through this unprecedented time. We can't create reliance. We can seek to step in with one-off gifts and encouragements. It's a time to be family like never before. We've created a plan where Steph and I, along with Naomi, who's one of our trustees, will seek to wisely distribute the gifts when and where we become aware of needs. But much of it depends on what we collectively give. But there may be days ahead where some of you fall on harder times and we might be able to provide a little encouragement as a result of us all coming together in this moment. We know this is a big ask in a time where there's so much uncertainty. But a scared world needs a fearless church that lives out its mandate and acts in generosity in a time where the opposite is on offer. Sometimes we get overwhelmed, but let's not forget how big God is. He is good. He is on his throne. And we want to step out in faith and trust again. We believe this is a defining moment. This is a moment in which we want to posture our hearts to reflect an Acts 2 church. Church, we'd love us to, you to join us in many of the things I've just mentioned. In this time, we need to find spaces to pursue the presence of God. We need to engage with the ministry of the Holy Spirit even though we don't have a collective corporate gathering at this time. So it might sound weird as we're not together, but why don't we just, for a moment, why don't we close our eyes? You might want to hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift because you are. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And let's just wait on the Holy Spirit. In this moment, can I just pray over you? Father God, I pray that in us, fear is stilled that where we feel unsettled, you cause us to feel settled. Father, that even for us where there's chaos, that you would bring order. And that in this time and this season, we would be light and truth bringers. Father, and I pray that you would open our hearts to be generous people, to serve and to look out for and to prefer the needs of others, even before ourselves. Lord, we just, we wait on you. Spirit of God, fall afresh upon us. As we meet separately, would there be a collective binding of our hearts in unity? Lord, put a, put a cohesion on us in this time. Just, let's just wait on it. Come, Spirit of the living God. Some of you are watching further afield, I think even you've been drawn to us in this time, in this community to partner with us, to stand with us. Don't allow me to cause you to disengage from what the Spirit of God is doing. Just Let's just rest and wait on Him. And as, as you rest in that place, I, 
I want to just mention two things. Today is a national day of prayer. Churches all over the country, all over the world are joining together. Let's spend time today praying. Praying for NHS workers, praying for a vaccine. On top of that, would you join us this coming Tuesday at 8pm on our Facebook page where we will um, do a Facebook live event as we pray and we petition as we come together as a church to cry out for moves of God, for God moments. I want to leave you just in this time. Rest on the Spirit of God. Let him minister to us in our own homes. We love you. We're for you. We're praying for you. Let's stay closely con in contact as a people. Let's not give up meeting together. And let's serve and meet the needs of not only those in the church, but this wider city. God bless you. listening to find out more head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description